You're listening to a podcast of Red Sea Church, a community of faith in Portland, Oregon, where our mission is to draw to Christ, develop in community, and deploy into culture. I just want to very briefly reiterate the, the words from the Psalm 100 that we read earlier as our call to worship. It's, it's actually titled a Psalm for giving thanks. It says this, make, make a joyful noise to the Lord, all the earth. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come into his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who made us and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. For the Lord is good. His steadfast love endures forever and his faithfulness to all generations. We want to take this time today to celebrate and give thanks to the Lord. And in this psalm, you'll notice it's broken into just different stanzas or divisions. One of it, two of them, I should say, have to do with our part. We're supposed to make a joyful noise. We're supposed to give thanks. And this, the way the psalm is written, that's a public expression. It's not just quietly in our minds, thank you, Jesus, for this, or thank you, God, for that. But it's, it's meant to be making a joyful noise and coming into his presence with singing. And so he gets more ex- explicit in verse 4. Enter his gates with thanksgiving, his courts with praise, using language of the temple, which is, a, which is a gathering that they would have. And so it's not simply a private thing, but it's a very public thing to give thanks for the Lord. And he gives us two reasons, two brief I mean, We could spend a lot of time in this psalm, but just two reasons. The first reason he gives us why we're supposed to sing praises to him is that we um, know that the Lord, he is God. And that we, he made us and we are his. He is in control of everything. Everything from world affairs to what's going to happen to us as individuals this week. He's in control. At the same time, we might think, well, okay, God's so big, he's not really paying attention to little old me. But the psalmist takes care of that the very next line when he says, um, we are his people, the sheep of his pasture. Like a shepherd knows the individual sheep. The Lord not only knows the world affairs, but he knows your life, and he cares for your life and my life and our family's lives individually. That's why we're supposed to give thanks, because the Lord, he's God, and he, that's what he does. And then we're told we're supposed to enter his gates with thanksgiving, the courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. Make God, your name is awesome. Why? Why should we do that? Again, it's not based on circumstances. It's not based on how everything is going. Again, world affairs or personal lives. It's based on who God is and what he's done. It says, for the Lord is good. He just plain, flat out is good. Period. His steadfast love endures forever. His faithfulness for all generations. And we have a, a, the clearest demonstration of that, of that steadfast love that endures that faithfulness for all generations in Christ himself. We're told in the scripture that God demonstrated this faithful love in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And we gather every week, including today, to celebrate the generosity God has given us specifically in Christ. That's why we worship in his name and that's why we take communion but also to celebrate what he's doing in our lives as individuals or as families or whatever else. So at this time, the mic's up here like this because we're going to invite you as individuals, as couples, as families, whatever the Lord lays in your heart, to come up here and share with us, to give thanks to the Lord for whatever the Holy Spirit leads you to, to, to acknowledge a blessing that the Lord has bestowed on you this year 
uh, whatever it may be, give thanks, to acknowledge it, to celebrate, to acknowledge what he's doing in us and through us, each other. You may even be able to give thanks for something that God's doing and you observe in somebody else's life. It doesn't always have to be about you. It could be, I see this in them, and I want to celebrate this about them. So it's going to be open mic, and if there's pauses, that's okay. It's still an act of worship. So for the next 20 minutes or so, the mic is open. Celebrate and give thanks to the Lord. Um, I feel a little hypocritical being up here because I'm going through a season of being the older brother in the prodigal son story, but God's been doing really amazing things in my family's lives, and I feel like that's worthy of sharing. Um, so for those of you that don't know, I have a, an older brother um, who I don't really talk about a lot because he's been an addict for 15 years. Um, and yesterday he celebrated his 30 days sober, and I think that that's definitely something to praise God about because he could not have done it on his own. Um, and he could not have brought us through this, this time in our lives with, um, without his strength and us being able to depend on him. So praise be to God. Um, I just wanted to share a story of how God provided for me and my family this year. Um, years ago, uh, when, when me and my wife got married, uh, we just committed to, to giving uh, to the church, you know, financially to the church, tithing, whatever you want to call it, um, um, 15 or so years ago now. And, uh, and one of the things that we look back on um, is there, there continues to come up season in all of our lives. I'm sure you guys are here too. Uh, where just unexpected things come up financially, and you're just like, oh, crap. You know, what, what, what are we going to do? We didn't see that coming. We haven't always been the best savers in the world. And so, uh, so it seems like a few times a year these moments come up where we just don't know really what we're going to do. But at the same time, we're always confident that God is going to provide. For one thing, he always has. Like as we look back over the 15 years, God's always provided for us financially as a, as a family. Um, in ways that we just never thought it was going to come. And it's taught us to trust in God that it, when something comes up uh, these days financially, we tend to not freak out anymore uh, because we know that God's going to do something. We know that we've been faithful to be obedient to give like he's called us to. And, uh, and so we can trust in him. So we had that situation come up earlier this year, and I, I wanted to share it as a story um, just to bragging on God of how he provided for us financially. So uh, when I took the job here at Red Sea back in 2012, uh, I went, I came on staff at the church, and, and as, minister, as a minister, I have some special uh, taxes that I get. I get a housing allowance and stuff like that, so I get to do my taxes a little differently. Um, and we had always done our taxes ourselves uh, when I was, had a regular job, you know, TurboTax, do the whole thing. So when I got my job here at the church, we're like, oh, let's try it out and see if it still works. And so, you know, we did the plug and play. We put in all the right answers in TurboTax and, and ta-da, money came out at the end, right? And, uh, so we're like, yeah, that's awesome. Look, we got a nice tax return. We must be doing this right. And so we did that for a couple of years, right? Uh, well, this year we got around to doing our taxes and, uh, and we plug in all the right information and we keep getting this error message like, nope, Something's wrong here. Nope, you didn't do that correct. And we couldn't figure it out. Like, it just wouldn't, it wouldn't work. And so we were like, well, we need to go uh, and see a, a CPA and, and figure out, you know, kind of what's going on here. So, uh, so we got all of our, our, our stuff, and we went and saw a, a CPA, and we sat down, and, 
and he looked, you know, we're sitting in his office, and it's me and Jamie are sitting there, and, and he's kind of like getting real quiet, and he's, he's looking at, through everything, and he's like, um, you guys don't really know how to do this, do you? We're like, apparently not. And he was like, well, the way that you've been doing your housing allowance actually isn't correct, um, and you haven't been plugging in the right slot. And, uh, and so, by the way, um, you guys are going to like, oh, big time, because you haven't been paying taxes the right way for the last three years. And so I remember in that moment, me and her sitting in that room, and in the moment when you want to burst out into tears, at the same time, we just stopped and we said, you know what, this isn't bigger than God. You know, and he knew this was going to happen, uh, and so we can trust that he's going to provide for us. And so um, we're like, well, what's the damage? And he's like, uh, you owe $6,000 to the IRS. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, what in the world are we going to do? And uh, at the same time, probably, I don't know, two months before, uh, we had started the process of refinancing our home. Uh, this was a good year to refinance at the beginning of the year was. And we've been talking about it for a long time, like, hey, we need to get around to doing this. And so, and so we had started refinancing and, and uh, hadn't really thought a whole lot about it. And, uh, and had gone through all the process, of just trying to get a lower monthly payment. You know, that would be nice, have a little, a little more free income. And so we have these two things going on. And so I remember us uh, leaving, leaving the, the, uh, the tax guy's office and going out and sitting in the van. And, and we just sat there and we just prayed. And we said, you know what, God, um, we felt like we made an honest mistake, but we knew this was going to happen. And, and uh, I don't know how you're going to provide for us, but we really appreciate you doing that. Uh, so we go home. And I don't know if it was that day or the next day, uh, we get a call from our mortgage broker. And, uh, and he goes, hey, you know, we're, we're, we're refinancing your home, and this is what we're going to save. And we're like, oh, great. That can go to the IRS for the next 10 years, you know. And, uh, and he goes, oh, yeah, and by the way, uh, you're going to get a kicker check. And I'm like, excuse me? He's like, a, a kicker check where you, you've, you get a kickback from your mortgage broker. Um, I think it has to do with the money that you've made off of the home. Um, you can tell how much I know about this. And, uh, and so I'm like, uh, oh, okay, like, like, uh, is it, is it like going to be a lot? And he told us how much it was going to be. And it was the exact amount that we were going to owe once we added up all the different figures. And so in that moment, like, it was like, just as one thing was happening, God was providing in another way, which we could never have experienced. And I got to tell you guys, that has happened to us over and over and over again throughout our marriage. It even happened this Christmas recently, just a month ago, which reminded me of this story and why I wanted to share it with you guys, that, that God has been so faithful. So I just want to give thanks to God for how faithful he's been. I know it's not always like that, and there have been seasons when we've, when we've had debt and, and we've had to pay it off. But at the same time, I can't help but draw a connection between being faithful to give and God being faithful to give, Right? When you give to him, he always gives back and he always takes care. And if he decides not to, at least I have the, the security of knowing that I was obedient to give. So I just want to challenge you guys with that. As a new year starts and you start looking at your budget again, and I know this is in light of a bad budget report. Uh, <laughs> that's amazing how that works out. Um, but, uh, but have that trust that God's going to provide for you. And so I just want to thank God. Thank you, Father, for providing for us that the IRS has paid off and Uncle Sam's happy with us. So thanks, guys. I don't believe in coincidences. Earlier today, as I was here and praying, God laid this verse on my heart. 
It's from Philippians 4. And my God will supply every need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And uh, Josh expressed and shared with us how God did that financially. I'm going to share how God has done that in relationship with aging parents this year. I would be, uh, <clears throat> I would be putting on a mask right now if I said that it's been an easy year. It hasn't been an easy year, but it has been an incredibly good year with a God who is good and his faithfulness goes to all generations. At the first of the year, we were wondering what we needed to do with, with uh, <clears throat> my mother-in-law, Joanne's mom. And as a home community, we prayed for wisdom that God would show us because obviously she needed to have a little bit more assistance than uh, just living on her own in an apartment at Friendsview Manor. And God <clears throat> demonstrated in his goodness just how much assistance she needed. We thought maybe just going to assisted living. And God made it abundantly clear <clears throat> by having Joanne's mom get confused, leave the manor, go across the street, in the process of crossing the street, fall down, and at 91, is that right, Joe? Nothing was broken, not a thing. And God said, I'm going to answer your prayer, and I'm going to show you the type of assistance your mom needs, and it's not assisted living, it's memory care. And I got it. I got your mom. Okay? In July, I went and visited my sister, and it was obvious my dad needs help. Now, my dad has Parkinson's, and Parkinson's can manifest itself, obviously, in just loss of muscle coordination, but it also, it also manifests itself in some, in some, some ways you behave. I won't elaborate on that. But uh, so I was down visiting my sister, and we're praying about it and saying, God, my sister and my brother-in-law need relief. They can't carry this burden by themselves. In September, my dad fell. Now, my dad, anytime someone with, in my dad's condition, not just Parkinson's, but few other things. Anytime he falls, it can be a big deal because one of his prescriptions thins his blood out so that uh, he doesn't get a stroke or a heart attack. <clears throat> My dad didn't break anything. He got some microfractures in his tailbone. Very painful. But what, what God did is said, I'm going to show you that it's time to get some support and I'm going to take care of it because there's no way that any of us could talk my dad into going into any kind of assisting. And God says, in my love, I'll provide that. Now, I knew that when, when my dad went in the hospital, I knew my dad would never be back in his apartment, and he's not. But God is faithful. And, and, and last night I was talking to my brothers and my, <clears throat> and my sister, and we've got, we've got a tough week ahead. 
And yet I know that my God has got my dad. And we prayed about it last night and in joy seeing God you are bigger than my dad's disease. You are bigger than my dad's situation. You are faithful throughout the generations. You have proven that time and time again this year with my parents. I don't know, loving dad, how you're going to take care of the next week, but I know that you will because your faithfulness and your love endures forever. And not just in David's time, not just in Moses' time, right now, as we have all testified, his love and his faithfulness endures forever. And I want to share that with you because I know it's not unique to Josh, it's not unique to me, it's not unique to Beverly. Every one of us right now has some area where the enemy wants to sit back and say, it's bigger than your God. And it's not. It's not. And that's what we want to remind you as we celebrate. It's not about, it's not about us. It's about God and what he has done and how he's blessed us, Josh, Beverly, all of us in this room, and we don't deserve it, but he does do that because of who he is. And that's the cool part. Hello. It's good to see everybody. Um, I've kind of mentioned this before when we've done other... Uh, talks and our family gatherings, but I kind of want to add on to to this. Um, we, at the beginning of the year, we broke into two groups in Vancouver, and we now have a Hazeldale group. And I just want to share some of the exciting things that I've seen um, within that group that I want to celebrate. Um, the first one is John. Um, John had a choice when we m- broke off groups, which group he wanted to attend and um, he's very very close to his family and they were had already decided to stay in the non-Hazeldale group and you know I thought oh, it'll be easy for John to choose that you know he's comfortable with his family he's very very close to them and uh, I was prepared for him to say yeah that's where I want to go um, but he really taught me a lesson he he decided I'm going to branch out and and make a more challenging choice um, and I'm going to go with the Hazeldale group that I don't know as well. Um, and that really showed me God working in John, that he was willing to, to make that decision and just to see his maturity and growth in his faith. Um, and since then, he's committed to RET, um, and he's been consistent going there, and, and that's really spoken a lot to me. He's the one uh, single guy that has, has stepped up and said, I'm going to make this a priority in my life. Um, and so I'm just really, really proud of him. I want to celebrate him, and I can see how God is working in, in his life. Um, and it's very encouraging to me. Um, I also want to share with um, another couple of my group, Johnny and Clarence, um, who have joined our Hazeldale group as well. And they have not been in a home community um, in their previous life uh, back in Alabama. And so to see them 
really commit to this new challenge of what it means to, to walk with people in, in good and very, very challenging circumstances. Um, they've been there and um, showing up and, and participating and really di diving deep into what it means to, to walk together. And so it's been a very big encouragement for me as well. Because um, it's not easy. You know, it takes the courage of God to, to get up every day and to commit to, to, to meeting with people and to being present and to sharing your lives with them. So I wanted to, to point them out as well. And then my wife, um, as you know, has been... Uh, we were able to get pregnant over the summer. And first trimester was very, very challenging physically for my wife. And um, there's a lot of days where I didn't know how she was going to make it through the day when I'd see her in the mornings, just um, the toll it took on her. And so... You know, we would just turn to prayer, like Josh says. We would, you know, just say, God, we know that she doesn't have the strength, obviously, and I really can't do anything for her but be here for her, but we know you can provide the strength she needs. And and uh, day after day, we'd pray in the car, um, pray in the morning. We'd, we'd hug each other, embrace each other, and pray, and God was faithful every time. And... Um, Mallory has not missed, only missed about one or two days of work this whole entire first trimester where I've, I'm just, I tip my hat to God for that because there's only, he is the answer for that type of strength that she was able to go take care of 30, 30 kids for eight hours a day um, with the conditions she was in. And then finally, um, for me, I've just really been thankful how God's been, been growing my faith to him. Um, as I look back, I suffer, I think I've shared this with you guys before, but I have a, a family history of anxiety and depression, um, and I've had a, some serious bouts in my life, and ever since joining Red Sea about four years ago, I think God really taught me what it means to, to look towards him, and in the last like three years, I've really, I've felt the, the attacks coming um, in the last three years, but instead of, you know, letting the devil entertain thoughts in my mind, and, and I've, I've turned to Scripture uh, through the teachings of my brothers and um, telling me, hey, this is where you got to go. And so now that's what we do. My, I'll, I'll let my wife know, hey, I'm starting to feel something. We'll get out the Bible and start reading Scripture together. And I choose that as my truth and not the, the lies that I before believed in. Um, so I just celebrate how God's, you know, been growing me and teaching me what it means to rely on him fully. Um, and then finally, this Thanksgiving, we went and visited my parents, and my sister lives in Montana, um, and she came in, and she's actually been going to a church over in Montana. And for the first time, she's like, yeah, I'm doing this, this study. And so um, I was like, you know, this is, this is a good opportunity. So I said, well, let's, let's get the Bible out. And I went and got my dad. I said, Dad, we need to sit down. And, for, like, for the first time that I can remember, Mallory joined us. It was the first time we had, like, a family Bible study where we all sat down, opened the Scripture together, and discussed Scriptures. And I, I just thought, this is really cool. You know, that never before in my family's time together we ever sat down as a, as a family and did this. And so God has been ushering in that through my sister and I to kind of initiate that and say, Dad, come join us. And so I'm just really thankful for God and what he does. I know he's working in everybody's lives here. And I'm really thankful for you guys. This has been an amazing family to grow with. And um, praise God for that.
Well, uh, I just wanted to take this opportunity. We are very thankful for this. This year has been amazing and challenging and hard and um, just a huge blessing as well with family and um, getting to move and getting a house and getting to be closer to uh, this community in, in St. John's and just a few minutes from church and, and everything. And so we're very, very thankful for that. But also um, we're thankful that this little man right here is going to get to be a big brother soon. And so um, uh, Anne, Anne is pregnant and expecting our second in May. And so we just wanted to share that with you. And we're so thankful for how the, this church and this body has come alongside us, um, even over this last year in the struggles and celebrations of parenthood and what that's like. And um, we're thankful that we get to continue to do that with you with another blessing of a child. And so praise God for that. Will you pray with me as the worship team comes up? Our heavenly and gracious Father, we thank you so much for your generosity to us and the, the accounts and recounting, remembering of that generosity, whether through struggle, financial, relational, aging parents, health, uh, stage of life, all those things, addictions, all those struggles, you have proven yourself faithful. I pray that we would be a people, a church, families, individuals who would be attentive to your blessings, attentive that we may be, uh, as your word says, uh, give thanks often uh, and that it would become part of the gratitude would become a part of our culture here at Red Sea and that especially that we'd be attentive to what our eyes would see, what you're doing in us and through us and especially through the power of the gospel and your provision for us in Christ. So we thank you for that. We celebrate it. I thank you for those who got bold enough to come up here and share. Uh, and if there were others, we pray that when we have other opportunity, they would also have a chance to share. So we thank you. As we continue, Lord, let us do what the psalm said. Let us raise our voices in singing praise to your name. Amen. Amen. Thank you for listening to this message from Red Sea Church. If you would like more information about Red Sea, including more audio messages, please go to our website at www.redseachurch.org. If you would like to contact Red Sea, you can email us at info at redseachurch.org.